If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. And we're back for our second episode of the Rich Takes Show. My name's Shane Rich alongside my co-host, Richard Duma. Richard, how are we doing today after opening night? I'm doing great. Um, I wish everybody a happy holidays. No Christmas is coming up soon. My opinion, best holiday of the year. No competition. And NBA opening night, the season starting, just makes it 10 times better. You know, we've been uh, missing basketball for what is actually shorter time than usual by a long shot, but it seems like a while. So definitely very excited for this show. Yeah, and we have a lot to get into today just on the games last night. Warriors, Nets, Lakers, Clippers. Lakers coming off only 71 days of rest. You know, the shortest time span between two seasons for a reigning champion. And news broke before Richard and I started recording about uh, the Rockets tonight ahead of their season opener versus OKC and everything Harden's done. So without further ado, let's get into it. The first game of last night. Nets versus Warriors. As a Warriors fan, it was it was a hard one to watch. You know, I watching it, the Nets went out to an early lead, and I was like, okay, if we can keep it to, you know, 15, 16 points tonight, I'll be fine with that. It got to about 25, 27, and I was like, oh, God, don't be above 30. It got to above 30. Final score, 125 to 99. Not pretty. Wasn't great for the Warriors, but I'm going to start with this. We obviously know how dramatic the loss of Klay Thompson is to this team as he's the second shot creator. You know, Draymond's defensive presence, whether you're a fan and you think Draymond's the same player, you know, he's going to be, whether he is or he isn't. His presence was lost out there tonight. But there were a couple glimpses and flashes of Wiseman that I was like, man, you know, this guy could be very promising in the future. And it all starts with his ability to make plays around the rim. You know, in 24 minutes last night, put up 19 points and recorded six rebounds. His defensive effort was there. He looked a little lost out time on the, on the floor, which is fine. You know, at the, as his first game as a rookie, what else can you expect? But I thought he was great. You know what I mean? He, he had heart out there. He wasn't afraid to take deep shots. He took a couple mid-range, drained a three. So I was very happy with his performance. Richard, what was your takeaway out of the Warriors? Um, out of the Warriors – I'm going to say about the exact same thing. Steph Curry, you know, he had a decent game, but two for 10 for three is not what we're used to seeing from Steph Curry. And he's going to have to adjust to not having Klay Thompson at the shooting guard position and having Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins instead who have just completely different play styles than Mm -hmm. Klay Thompson. It's like out of this realm how different it is. So he's going to have to get used to that. And I think he's going to within time. I think he's – definitely going to adjust to the situation still in my opinion the best point guard in the league and with the Warriors you know I think they I think they did not have a very good game but James Wiseman showed up I think 
he's going to be a top three, at least, rookie in this class. Liked his performance. Um, Andrew Wiggins, not as much. Terrible. Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, that poster on Kevin Durant was solid, though. Shout out to Kelly Oubre for that. That was one of the nice, yeah, that, that was a welcome back to basketball play right there and i really appreciated that um speaking of kd and his nets both kd kyrie they both had some baller performances you know i wasn't expecting them to blow the warriors out of the water like that but they did also shout out to my boy karis lavert if you watched last week's show you know what my take was take looking good richard yep 20 points off the bench really loved his performance so yeah what do you think about uh the nets so they were – that was very surprising to me last night. And we never gave our NBA preview, but my finals prediction was Lakers-Nets. And I was hesitant to pick the Nets just because, you know, everyone makes a big deal of KD coming off of the Achilles injury. How would that affect him as a, as a scorer? You know, naturally a good defender. He's lengthy. How, what would that do to him? And how is Kyrie going to be with him? They've never played a game together, right? And – my biggest takeaway from last night was that Katie and Kyrie can coexist together. The ball movement was impressive. There was no BS about Kyrie's negotiating his touches in the post like we saw on that Instagram live that he did. They were exceptional together. And they, I think they both did their thing. Ky, uh, Katie wasn't really worried about not getting the ball enough. And same with Kyrie. I think their bench unit with Dinwiddie, Karis Levert, and Shamit were that trio is phenomenal to me. I mean, they could take over on any night if Katie and Kyrie are resting. And Jared Allen just accepting that role to come off the bench and be that center to back up DeAndre Jordan, that's a big deal for him. And that's very big for this team because, you know, Jordan's not the center he used to be, obviously. He's way past his prime, but he has his hustle plays. He can rebound here and there. His defense is consistent in the paint. But I, I like what Allen does, and I like what he brings to this team. What, what You know, what do you think of that? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of the Nets this year. I can definitely see them going to the finals. Like you said, they had amazing, amazing chemistry. Katie and Kyrie worked well together, and it didn't seem like there were any issues. They just worked well together, and they played the brand of basketball that I'm sure the Nets wanted to play. They had great production from their two superstars, Katie and Kyrie. Mm -hmm. They had they have three starter quality players, in my opinion, coming off the bench that you said could basically just turn around a game at any moment. And I think that's amazing for the Nets. And DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen are both two solid centers at that position that can kind of rotate in and out and do their thing. Depending on which unit they run with, they could still change throughout the season. But in my opinion, either will work in either rotation. So definitely very, very high on the Nets this year, like, like you are. And I'm, yeah, very excited for them this season. And I also, I want to allude back into the Warriors real quick and the Nets. Another thing I noticed last night was the Nets team defense and their ability to just jump in front of plays that the Warriors thought they had, you know, taking away perimeter shots. And it, it just went to show, I mean, we talked about how bad Wiggins was last night. I believe he was four of 16 shooting, only at 13 points, four turnovers. But they really limited Wiggins and Oubre. I mean, they shot a combined seven of 30. And I'm not saying Oubre and Wiggins are shot creators or not. The only shot creator on this team is Steph Curry. But Wiggins and Oubre are guys that we know can score. You know, they're capable of doing that. Wiggins was 18th in scoring last year in points per game. So it's there. I mean, and like you said earlier, and it was brilliant, Curry can't shoot 2 of 10 from 3. It's, it's just not acceptable. And if the Warriors want to sneak into the playoffs and 
be that team that they were. It's it's certainly not going to happen if Curry and Oubre and Wiggins shoot like that. Yeah, definitely not. And the next game that we're going to get into is one that was a lot closer and definitely more that was more, you know, on the radar last night was the late game. But Battle of the L.A., you got the Lakers and the Clippers. Now, the Clippers ended up winning this game. They really pulled away early. Lakers tried to make a comeback in the second half, almost prevailed, but couldn't quite get it done. Paul George didn't have that bubble deja vu. He went out and had a solid game, 33 points, six rebounds, three assists, 13 of 18 from the field, five from eight from three. That's the OKC uh, Paul George that we're used to, that we're definitely used to seeing. You know, he had a little uh, hiccup in that game, you know, tried to pass it to the ref. You know, I think it was open. It was a smart play, and the issue is he wasn't in a Clipper uniform. <laughs> so, I don't go. know. Um, Kawhi, he had a solid game, 26 points, three assists, two boards. But one of eight from three, I mean, Kawhi Leonard isn't the really known for his three-point shot, but one of eight from three is not the best thing from Kawhi Leonard. Serge Ibaka did good in his Clipper debut, 15 points, six boards. Uh, LeBron and AD both did decent. You know, it's not like they – did last year and I think this is even though they had a solid game I think it's going to be kind of like an off night for both of them when you look at their stats now we're used to seeing Schroeder almost got a triple double not many people are talking about Dennis Schroeder's production 14 points 12 rebounds eight assists from him I mean they lost the game but if you look at that I mean that shows a lot of promise from him um Harrell you know switched teams um, literally didn't have to move anywhere, still on a different team. Um, got a double-double for the Lakers in his first game. Taylor Horton Tucker, you know, the GOAT himself. Your guy, your guy. Didn't, didn't even miss a shot. He's averaging 19.6 points per 36. Absolutely incredible. So what did you think about that game, main takeaways? Well, as a Clipper hater, because I love I, – I, I can't stand the Clippers, but <laughs> I sat back the whole time and – just, you know, looking at LeBron and Anthony Davis and their other guys that they brought back from that championship roster, I, it was clear to me that they were very tired. And that's not a bad thing because it's been 71 days since they've won the championship. That's virtually no time. So I, I think the Lakers are going to start slow this year. And I think there's going to be nights where they rely on Schroeder and Harrell and LeBron, are, LeBron and Anthony Davis are resting. You know what I mean? Schroeder and Harrell are going to have to take over that offense. And they're going to have to run pick and rolls with Harrell. And Schroeder's going to have to get a ton of shots up and be the playmaker he is. But for the Lakers, it, it really just goes to show that I think in this period where LeBron and AD need to rest and get ready for the playoffs, even if they play 75 to 80% of the games, the Lakers are still okay. And they're going to be fine because of the acquisitions of Schroeder and Harrell. And although Gasol was basically not there last night, he didn't even score. Those three acquisitions were important, and that's a big step up. You know, we don't see a ton besides, you know, the Warriors in 2016 and some championship teams we've seen in the past that the reigning champs get better. And you know what the Lakers did? They got a lot better. And, that. and whether the Kuzma extension was, you know, to pay him that and then to trade him, he was exceptional. He can definitely score off the bench. I'm a big fan of KCP. I really like that they chose KCP over Danny Green. I think that made a lot of sense. And your guy, Taylor Horton Tucker, it's, I like the Lakers. I, there was more to me that I found about the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers, I expected what I expected. The loss of 
Harrell is definitely going to hurt them down low. Although I like Zubac a lot, I think he, I, I think Zubac is awesome. I think in the bubble he was terrific. I think yeah. Batum is arguably one of the worst players in basketball. I mean, <laughs> that guy is just terrible. But yeah, I mean, it was Paul George just shutting everyone up last night. And I, and I think I, I don't even know where he was in the bubble. Like, that was awful. But he was there. And the 33, that's that's not just a bluff. That's that's the player he is. And he said he was back to his MVP caliber caliber form in the offseason. And if he can play like that, it's, that's how it's going to be. And I wouldn't be shocked if that's how it goes. I definitely think so, too. You know, Harold, great pickup for the Lakers. They made some great moves. And the, and the thing is, you know, you saw what could potentially be a Western Conference Finals matchup again didn't happen last year. And, you know, Lakers, you know, they did lose Rondo, but Dennis Schroeder, in my opinion, is an upgrade over Rajon Rondo. 100%. You know, yeah, Rajon Rondo is a solid player, great playoff performer, you know, throughout his whole entire career. But Dennis Schroeder, I definitely think he's an upgrade. And Harrell is an improvement in the post over Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. So I definitely think that the Lakers are going to be, you know, a top team once again. Same with the Clippers. Like you said, learned a lot more about the Lakers than we did about the Los Angeles Clippers Mm -hmm. on the other hand. So that's what I think about that game. Yeah. And just to top it off, I, I, I really like the Lakers again this year. And I, to me, it wasn't one of those things where I was watching and they were, they were down by, I think 15 at one point. And I wasn't sitting there watching it like, Oh my God, this Lakers team is in trouble. They're tired. You know, LeBron, when is he going to turn on the jets? Cause I think LeBron had, five or seven right before half like he the scoring wasn't he was one of seven I think or two of eight going into halftime around that I'm just not worried with this team because they got better you know what I mean and I think Anthony Davis is going to have an MVP caliber season LeBron is still the best player in basketball and even if those guys take nights off I don't really worry yeah neither do I so um top it off I'm not worried about the Lakers either Simply because, like you said, they, they had no rest. They, they just got to wait for the fatigue to catch up to the other teams. You know, they just got to get their groove going. With the new roster, they still got to get their chemistry together. Like, yeah, Schroeder, Harold, they made some improvements. But when you change the team and you change the roster, you also hurt the chemistry at the beginning of the year. So you almost expect the Lakers to have not as high of a performance as you really would expect from the Los Angeles Lakers. But I think they're definitely going to slowly, maybe not even slowly, it could be next week. I definitely think they're going to get it together. I think they're going to be one of the top teams in the West, and I have them going to the NBA Finals once again this year. Awesome. And right before we get into our Rich Takes of a Week, here's our advertisement from Anchor. That was your message from Anchor.fm. And now welcome back to our second episode of the Rich Takes Show, where we're going to get into our Rich Takes of the Week. And now if you missed last week's episode and you don't know what Rich Takes of the Week is, is where me and Shane give two hot takes about the NBA. It could be about anything. It could be about a score. It could be about a stat line. It could be a player, a team, a trip. Anything that is related to the NBA, we are allowed to discuss in Rich Takes of the Week. Now, um, my take of the week is going to be about the Hawks-Bulls game, and more specifically, two players, Trey Young and Zach Levine, that I think are going to combine for 65-plus points tonight. Wow. And 
the Hawks and Bulls are two weak defensive teams, yep. you know, not, not the best defenders, you know, both of them are the top scorers on their respective teams. You know, John Collins is going to get his buckets here and there as well. You know, Bulls got some other scorers that can do stuff here and there, but Zach Levine and Trey Young are the top guys, both of those teams. Neither of them are, you know, defensively inclined whatsoever. And that's kind of a perfect situation for both of them to go off and just have a scoring frenzy. And I think both of them are going to combine for 65 plus points tonight. Bulls, I like that. And it's definitely very possible just because of, you know, the lack of defense provided by both teams, the lack of defensive backcourts both teams have. We know Trey Young is a terrible defender. Kevin Huerter doesn't do much either. Same for the Bulls. And it's very possible. I, aside from that, I see uh, Trey Young's points per game going down a point or two. If I don't mean to geek anyone out just because of the signings they've made. Gallinari adds buckets. Rondo adds a few points. Chris Dunn adds points. Bogdanovich is obviously going to be an efficient scorer for them. But, hey, it's opening night and anything can happen. We saw the Warriors get blown out of Barclays Center last night. My bold prediction is with my Golden State Warriors, and it focuses on the uh, bad performance that Andrew Wiggins presented us last night. And that's going to be that Wiggins is traded before the trade deadline. And I don't know where it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be to a crappier team. The Warriors, you know, any smart GM knows that you trade with the bad teams whether it's Chicago or, you know, Orlando, any team that's willing to acquire him, I see it happening. I want it to happen after last night because I don't think it gets, you know, any better than that. I like Kelly Oubre a lot more because of his ability to attack the basket, and I think he's a better shot creator. So I think Wiggins, I think, they will, uh, I think the Warriors move on from him. Yeah, I think that I think they should too, and I think it's the right decision. I don't know, like you said, I don't know where they're gonna dump them. Um, possible, basically, just bad teams, kind of like rebuilding teams that want to wing or kind of like on the steady incline and just need that filled position at the shooting guard, small forward, uh, somewhere on the wings. I think they should drop Andrew Wiggins just because they already have Kelly Oubre and they just simply don't need him on the squad. If you're going to have two wings on this team, one of them shooting four for 16 and heavy turnovers and just being a liability, there's no point in the Warriors keeping Andrew Wiggins around when he isn't going to help you win games. And if he is, it's not consistent. And you already have Kelly Oubre that can do the same thing and, and better. Much keeper too. And better, yeah. Definitely. So I definitely think the Warriors should get rid of them. I like that take. Um, yeah. And I, I just need to make this clear real quick. I'm not a Wiggins hater. I want to see the guy do well with the Warriors, of course. You know what I mean? He, he takes on that KD role. He's obviously not Durant. We know that. But similar to that Harrison Barnes, you know, 2014 to up until 2016, that role of creating shots and just scoring a little bit you know, taking, taking a lot off of Steph and Clay. I want Wiggins to do well in this Warrior system. I want to see him succeed. I want him to silence the haters of him being a waste of a draft pick. But if the Warriors look at him and they go, hey, we're really going to need to rely on you this year for some points, whether you're lining up at shooting guard or you're strictly on the wing, we need you to step up defensively. You need to move the ball around and you need to take efficient shots. If he can't provide that, then I totally dump him. I totally get rid of him. Yeah, same here. Um, 
Warriors situation, Wiggins, Oubre, coexistence, not really there. Got to get rid of one of them. Get rid of the one that isn't performing as well. Get rid of Wiggins. Kind of a simple formula in my opinion. Got it. And moving on, we're going to talk about the James Harden dilemma. Part two of last week. You know, like I said in our intro, you know, shams and woes, they're all, they're dropping all these tweets about how the NBA and the Rockets are investigating James Harden as he's been traveling. He went to a strip club. Does that break COVID protocols? What does that do to the team? What does that do to the Rockets? Now reports are coming out that John Wall, Boogie Cousins, other key Rockets players could miss tonight's season opener because of those protocols. What was your takeaway, and what are your, you know, thoughts on Harden as we speak? I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Harden wants out. He's doing everything in his power. He doesn't care. I, he just – I don't think he's being very rational about his decisions right now. All Harden's thinking about, he wants out of Houston. He's doing everything he possibly can to get out. The one boogie, you know, they're two of their top he's three not players. No, not at all. They're not – they're probably not going to be able to play. I don't know what's going to happen, but – Kind of obvious he wasn't training in Vegas now. We saw the clip. We saw everything that happened. He wasn't training. The question is if the NBA or the Rockets are going to suspend him. Do you think that it would be a smart decision by the league or the Rockets to just say, leave the team, get your stuff together, and come back when you're ready? I think it would be. But, and you, and Richard, you're a lot nicer than I am with this stuff. If when we're when we play pretend GM but um <laughs> if I'm the Rockets I'm telling him to get out I'm telling him we're gonna focus on a trade we're gonna try to get the best we can for you because your time here in Houston is done you're done here all you cause is drama and with the new newly players we have and John Wall and Boogie Cousins and Christian Wood and you know the players we want to develop in this locker room that we want to have Get, get the hell out of here. Get out of Houston. I don't care that you're friends with Travis Scott. I don't care that you're the face of this city. We appreciate your time here. It sucks that it ended like this, but get out. Leave. We're going to suspend you, and then your suspension will be over. Whenever that is, go party with little baby. Go do whatever you have to do because you're. T- you, it's over. And it's unfair to Houston. And I, there's been a change in management. Daryl Morey left. You know, Mike D'Antoni left. It's a different environment there. Harden's not a fan of it. That's fine, but there's a way of going about it. And I guess there's a world where, you know, Harden's cooperative. He makes it clear he wants out of Houston. He's in shape. He plays. Maybe, you know, Houston's like, oh, we appreciate he's working with us. Let's keep him around. Harden's doing everything he can to get out. Yeah. Harden's, I mean, I, no one knows if he has COVID. No one knows what the deal is. I think he's doing everything he can to get out of Houston. Yeah, and he's just showing no remorse for Houston right now. Because if you're the Rockets management, you're the Rockets coaching staff, you realize, like many of us do, Harden is completely screwing over the Rockets, whether it's their present or their future right now by the situation it's causing. Their team chemistry is done, okay? They are not not going to win games. I don't know if it's possible for the Houston Rockets to win a basketball game if off the court they, they can't even get their stuff together. I just don't see 
the point and Houston even trying to keep Harden in check and trying to have him play for you. Because if he's going to cause problems like this, you can't have him there in your franchise because he's ruining everything for you for him to be gone anyway when his contract expires. So it's literally the biggest L in in basketball history if you just let everything slide like it is right now. If you're Houston, you have to take action. You have to take some sort of precaution to make sure that the situation doesn't get worse. Because if you're Houston and it gets any worse, then that's going to be a disaster like no other. So Houston, you just have to you just have to take action. You have to. No other option at all. And real quick cuz you and I we both brought it up. We talked about with the Nets, their young core, their team off the bench, and everyone mentions trade packages with Brooklyn where if Harden's destined for Brooklyn, it would be Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and another contract on that team probably Torn Prince I think you and I can both agree that if I'm Brooklyn, I am keeping my team the way we are. Because if you're blowing a team like Golden State out, who fundamentally they have it and physically they have it, and I think Brooklyn knows they can dominate in the East, I'm keeping my team the way they are. I'm not getting in that Harden thing. And I know there were reports that Miami's out on Harden. I think a lot of teams are going to be just because of the situation. Another team, Miami, I am not in on him. You have a culture there. You have guys that are willing to work. You have a young core in Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. I'm not giving that up for Harden. No. And for Brooklyn, last week, I was looking at Brooklyn to get James Harden. I was yeah. very high. I said, Brooklyn, go get him. But now if James Harden's just going to cause problems, what's the point of giving up your whole entire team for a guy that's just going to take the ball? away from Kyrie and KD, who both showed that they are great NBA players yesterday. And in my opinion, they'll continue to show that. This last big part of my reasoning is that we don't know what's going to happen with KD. But Mm -hmm. I think last night he showed that Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant, meaning if that's going to be the case, the motive to go get James Harden is little to none. Little to none. And for Miami, James Harden showed he's he's not going to put in that work that Miami does and has been doing. No, wouldn't work in Miami, wouldn't work in Brooklyn. I, I just don't see – I mean, maybe, maybe Philly, maybe Philly, maybe. That's really all I can think of. That would they don't be want to trade Simmons. They, yeah, they don't even want to get rid of him. So that basically equates everything out of the picture, every other team, meaning the Rockets' only option is just to say Harden, leave. Just, we're not going to send you anywhere. Yeah. You can't cut them because salary, but you, you unofficially drop them from the team is what you do. So, yep. And I like that. It's, it's what has to happen. Yeah. And now we're after that. We are going to get into our final segment of the Rich Take Show, which is our prime time picks of the night. We have two games again like we did last week, except this time – They actually matter. We have regular season basketball in the NBA. We don't have to talk about boring preseason games nobody cares about. So first game is going to be the Bucs and the Celtics. And this game, surprise, I don't know. I see the Celtics winning. Now, the Celtics are basically the same team they had last year. They made a couple in and outs, but they still have their core, still have Jason Tatum, still have Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Marcus. Their guys are still there. Bucks, on the other hand, 
Eric Bledsoe and Hill are gone. They have Drew Holiday, and honestly, that, that's kind of a wild card still. I think it's going to work well, but for the first game of the night, Holiday and Giannis and Middleton and everybody, they're going to have to get their chemistry together. Like, the Nets got it, like, right then and there, but for the Bucks. It's still the same situation, but you still don't know how they're going to mesh together. And I think the Celtics just have an advantage in experience together. And for that reason, I'm going to say if the Celtics are going to win tonight, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. It's going to be a close game, probably within 10. If I'm a betting man, I say that. But I, I definitely think that the Celtics are going to take the season opener against Milwaukee tonight, however close it is. I'm... I'm going to go Milwaukee. I'm going to go Milwaukee. I think the Bucks ramped up following their semifinal loss to the Heat in the bubble. I think there's a lot to test out with Drew Holiday, and I think his defensive presence is going to be there. I see Giannis getting it going on all cylinders. They fixed their bench, you know, Bryn Forbes, Bobby Portis, just to name a couple for Milwaukee. I like Boston still, and, and me not picking them doesn't mean I don't think they're a good team. But I think Kemba not there right now is going to affect them a lot. You know, Tristan Thompson's a little banged up, as reported. I just like Milwaukee in this one. I like I, – I, I agree. I like a close game to start, but I do. I like Milwaukee. Wait, Kemba isn't playing? Kemba's not healthy till January. Okay. I forgot Kemba Walker was out. Excuse me for my little mistake there. But you know what? I make mistakes sometimes. And You're switching. Yeah, yeah I might have to do that. Kemba Walker isn't playing. Okay, Celtics have young point guards besides Kemba Walker. They're probably going to play Carson Edwards and at backup point guard minutes. I might have to switch to Kemba Walker. My apologies for being uneducated on injuries for these games and not knowing that and forgetting that Kemba Walker was injured. But, yeah, full, fully healthy roster. I'm still taking the Celtics. But tonight, I'm going to have to say the Bucks now that Kemba Walker is out. You know, you have – you know, Drew Holiday is going to win the matchup against whoever the Celtics' backup point guard he, is. Definitely is going to play. Yeah, Giannis is going to go off. I still think the Celtics keep it close, though. I really still think that the Celtics keep it close, and they can still match up without Kemba because they're still at the top two scores, and they're still an amazing team. Solid. And the next game that we are going to get into is one of the most entertaining matchups of the year. Two of the most entertaining teams in the NBA, filled with scoring, filled with superstars, filled with buckets, filled with everything you could want in a basketball game in 2020, especially second night of the year. You got the Dallas Mavericks led by Luka and Chris Stops, and then you got the Suns with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, new addition Chris Paul, and their guys over there. Coming Chris off Stops of it, out, remember. He's Chris, still hurt, too. Chris, yeah, Chris Stapps is out for this game. Suns add Chris Paul. Suns 8-0. 8-0 in the bubble last year. Mavericks, they're going to miss Chris Stapps. You know, they have they have Luka, obviously, who's their guy. Top 10 player in the NBA. Pretty much no debate surrounding that topic. And that's a little – only Luka is kind of one-dimensional, though. If you don't have Chris Stapps, that's probably about 30 – give it 30% of your whole entire basis. Suns are hot. In my opinion, they're still going to be a hot team. They're going to come out blazing. 
absolutely amazing. I'm going to take the Suns by double digits here in this game. You add Chris Paul, who's an amazing playmaker, who can find Devin Booker open, feed DeAndre in the post, pick and roll is probably going to be nasty with those two. The Suns, man, you got to look out for them. I'm going to take the Suns. I don't know who's going to be the better team overall. I still think the Mavericks have a, little, have a little bit of an edge with no injuries applied to it. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Suns for this matchup tonight. I like the Suns too. And I like the Suns primarily because we won't have Porzingis. And we don't know. I would never bet on a team and their, not knowing their identity without their second star. And Luke is my MVP pick this year. I think he's going to absolutely light it up. There's no doubt about that. He solidified himself as a top 10 player. Now I think it's about getting into that top five range and bouncing out hard and then Steph and Anthony Davis. But I like the Suns. And I'm very interested to see what Chris Paul does in his first game with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And we know that one of the reasons why Phoenix was so high on acquiring Paul in the offseason was because we know how – you know, Chris Paul can take Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton's game to the next level. I know Saric is out. He won't be on the bench. Abdel Nader's not – he's injured too. So they'll be missing two key pieces off the bench. But I like them to get it going, and I like them to get it going early. I do too. Um, in my opinion, I think the Suns actually pull away massively in the mm. first half. And then it's kind of a Lakers-Clipper situation where the Mavericks kind of figure it out, figure out a new offense and a new scheme, kind of pull in closer – it's not going to be enough. Not going to be enough for the three-headed monster in Phoenix. So very excited for these two games tonight. Interesting matchups. Both of them unpredict kind of unpredictable, in my opinion. I was going to say completely unpredictable, but we just predicted them, meaning there has to be some sort of predictability to them if we just predicted them. So those are our prime time picks of the night. And that'll do it for today's show. Richard, it was a pleasure. Uh, awesome doing this again, man. Look for our episode next Wednesday. I hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday season. And let's go. The NBA is back. Yeah, I, I wish everybody a happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, whatever Christmas Eve, New Year's. Well, I think our next episode is before New oh, Year's yeah. Day. But all of that good stuff, NBA is back. Definitely looking forward to some more basketball over this over this um, holiday season, Christmas break, if you're still in school. So great episode, and we'll see you guys next time.